Hey, people. Just a quick note to let our listeners know that this is the second installment of a two-part series on Chris LeBlanc. If you got here on purpose, I want to thank you because that means you listened to part one. If not, back up an episode and go check that out. It'll get you up to speed on where we're at in his life. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoy the episode. Join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. Now, you had been flown out to L.A., you and your family, and been courted by a record label. Now, this is after that. This is after the first album. Yeah, this is like... Late '90s, uh-huh. early 2000s, and then I had Seth. Okay, that, that's what that's, I think. That's but you my found name. out that your wife was pregnant just as the label was courting you to try to get you to come right, sign. Right. You decided against it, um, yeah. and remained here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I, I think that's yeah. Generally, I was just kind of like, you know, made a decision not to move to LA. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Well, you felt, as you said before, you felt like you had everything that a guy could ask for here as far as yeah. success goes in your mind. Yeah, I was building my own kind of, I was on my own path. You know, I wasn't gonna like just, not 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 to, not to gamble. Yeah, we could talk about it more, not to just gamble getting a record deal like everyone else gets a record deal and they lose a record deal and yeah. who the fuck, I'm not moving to LA for that. No right. fucking way, I'm here. I got family here. <clears throat> I got I've got people here who like me. Was there I'm any not, trepidation on your part because you weren't familiar with these people that were promising you the world? Yeah, I just didn't believe it. I yeah. just at the in the moment I wasn't. I'm I'm not that desperate. Sure, I wasn't. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I might have chased millions, but I ain't chasing carrots. Sure. <laughs> um, once you kind of solidified that in your mind and you made your decision and told them that we also discussed and I think this is where we ended it. Yeah. Uh, you had a, a lot of friends and um, associates in the industry kind of suggesting that you do an acoustic album. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's where that's where the last yeah, yeah. part that's right, ended. yeah. Because I had, had we had Seth, my son, and then I, I couldn't go out and go produce a big I couldn't go produce a, a long record, but I wanted to put something out for people. Sure. At that, so you had named the albums for everybody. You had two albums. So I had, I had my first record, which was my debut Chris LeBlanc band record that I put out in 1995. And then the second record <clears throat> I put out was Chris LeBlanc band Talent Show, which was 1998. And and both of those records and kind of what was happening with the band drew the interest of the record company people. Uh-huh. Uh, a few different labels were checking it out, and RCA was the one that was like, "Hey, they were f- flying. They flew me out mm-hmm. to LA along with my band and set up the showcase, and um, and then." <clears throat> You know, I knew I was I knew I was about to be a dad. So then became a dad. Then that's when I went I recorded the performance record, which is my Son of the South acoustic record. And that kinda changed my view on everything, really, of what I wanted to do. How so? Um Well, I went from like recording previously recording records in a studio with like tape machines and mixers to going to to making a record I, you know I had a suggestion from some of my friends that were in the 
music business that we're going, dude, why don't you just like, they'd see me go out and do these acoustic records or play acoustic and do some of these things. And why don't you do like a, a solo acoustic-y performance kind of record? Were you doing that live already? Yeah, I was and, already. And so they were seeing that and they wanted to capture that. Right. They gotcha. were like, dude, that's where you really, that's where, you know, people dig where you are. And, you, and, 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 and so I did that. I did that. I, um, I literally, um, and this, that was in the time of where, you know, uh, my buddy says, look, I can bring my computer and it's pro tools mm -hmm. and we can we can set up where you want to set up so i went downtown baton rouge and set up in a little chapel a little uh a little church that they had down there and i set up on the pulpit up you know up on there and it sounded cool in this room you know and i was like okay uh, we set up a few microphones and I cut basically two or three takes of each tune. Mm -hmm. I just sat up there and played, <clears throat> did some, some different instruments. I'd play an acoustic here, I'd play my slide guitar, okay. metal slide guitar, a um, couple of different slide guitars, but, um, and literally like in three and a half hours, made a record mm -hmm. it was a performance record what we did I, I say three and a half hours you know i was in the middle of having a, you know the reason why i wanted to do this was because i didn't have a bunch of time to go and devote to like producing a record yeah having a bunch of all of that going on and 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 i have a kid a brand new baby well that was going to be my next question did you did you do it did part of you want to do it because it made sense to you where you were at in your life at that time? Yeah, it, it all made sense. It yeah. just kind of, in the moment, I was like, you know what? I, I don't, I, I cannot go and live in the studio and I can't go do that right now. Yeah. And so um, that was part of my reasoning behind it. I wanted to put out a, you know, I wanted to do something cool like that. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, man, I went and did it and cut a bunch of tunes. And it turned into we picked the best tunes, and then with with some help from my friends who were a couple of different producer guys, and they you know mixed it, and uh, which is not a lot of it wasn't really difficult to mix, you know, it's just mm -hmm. me and guitars, but um, it really made sense, and we mixed and mastered the record. And it turns out that that record was the one that was like, just everyone was like, wow, man, this is, this is you. Who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. The, the easiest one for you to make. The easiest record for me to make was yeah. the most honest. Yeah. And uh, most honest uh, didn't, you know, wasn't a bunch of studio sound and blah, blah, blah. It was a performance record. Yeah. And it's probably one of my favorite I love I just love what it is it was like a it just sounded really honest mm -hmm. and uh, I believed it yeah and then you know when you listen to it you can believe it um, it may not be super relevant but I was gonna ask how you negotiated uh, some of the characteristics of that church because I mean some of them are good some of them are bad yeah yeah um, I was actually going to church at a uh, at, at one of the at the church there and they had in they have a big room and then they had a little smaller chapel and that's kind of where I was I went into the little smaller one. Oh, okay it gotcha. was just like a little smaller it was not not too big but um, <clears throat> it was pretty cool man that it was like they were cool enough to say sure man come on in and do this yeah you know and uh, I was playing playing the blues and playing some I did some of my on this record. I did some of my tunes, and then I also recorded some some classic tunes. Uh, Louisiana, nineteen twenty-seven, mm -hmm. uh, which was one of the tunes on there, and um, 
couple of blues, you know, Crossroads. I did a Robert Johnson. I did nice. a Taj Mahal song. Cool. Did some, there's some cool tunes on it. That's really like, it's a good listen. Yeah. You know, and um, it was just, it turned into the, so that turned in to the third release that I had put out, which is called Son of the South. Mm -hmm. And um, I kind of went on that for a little while. And then at the same time, after that was done, then I was writing more tunes and and kind of developing more band tunes. So I was like, man, I want to put out another band record. Yeah, I was going to ask where your, where your headspace was at exactly, um, because I know um, hearing you talk about it, like the birth of your son became the centerpiece yeah, for your yeah. life at that time. So it really was. It was it's like, going to just inherently rearrange all other aspects of your life. Everything. So how I was kind of wondering like where you saw yourself in five years before the birth of your son is not where you saw yourself in five years after the birth oh, of your right, son. So right. your direction changes. So Direct. one of the things that you did was put out the performance record at the right. behest of friends and people in the industry. But where, what were your, how were your goals augmented? What did you, what changed about where you saw yourself going from there as a musician? Yeah. You know, as a musician, man, I was like, I was still very committed to, very committed to my work, committed to going out and, and playing, creating. Mm -hmm. I still wanted to, I still wanted to create uh, songs and let that be a relevant piece of, you know, I would always go out and play my tunes, but then also, you know, cover tunes that went along with what I sounded like. Okay. You know? And your performances mainly were solos at that time? Or? No, or I did both. I, did both. I was doing both still. I would do I would do some acoustic gigs and then I would do band gigs. I would kind of mix them up just because I wanted to work and in a place like that, being able to do a few different things kept me from getting just stuck in sure. playing in the same band with the same guys or doing yeah. the same thing. At the same time, I was I was writing some, you know, the band. I would write tunes and get ideas, and then we I try them out on the band, and then we'd be like, okay, this is sticking. This tune is sticking, and then this tune's sticking, and and I was writing. So I had ended up getting like a handful of tunes. So this is, you know, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. This is after the release. I've got three records out. Um, it kind of legitimized. A lot of people looked around and were like, wow, you know, he's, he's working. He's making music. It's, it legitimized what I was doing. Sure. Anybody's got three <clears throat> records out. Catalog speaks for you, yeah. yeah sure. There's like a you, you can. There's something there. Sure. Um, and so, uh, and in the early 2000s, I was still going out. I would have opportunities to go play before, you know, a bunch of people. Man, I would go and, you know, either go and get on a festival here, festival there, um, opening up for any and everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, ZZ Top, Hank Williams Jr., Buddy Guy, Leon Russell, to Brett Michaels. Wow. I mean, you yeah. know, whoever. Yeah. I would go out and go do, would put us in front of anybody. Sure. And I'm, I'm cool with that. I, like I said, I always love being the first music in the room. Everybody's excited to see. Sure. You know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, and then... So I had a handful of tunes. I had like probably seven or eight tunes that I was like, man, I'm really digging this, you know. And at the same time, the band sounded really good. And we were out playing a bunch of gigs. And, and so I thought to myself, I, I saw records as like a, as just kind of a, just like a picture of a moment. Sure. You know, that's Absolutely. kind of what a record is. Yeah, it's, it's a time a, capsule. A, yeah. It is a very much a little time piece. Uh, 
And so, went, you know, started working in my studio in the, in, in, uh, in the back and uh, cutting tunes and the Starshine record, all the studio tracks that are on there, we cut in my room hmm. on the Starshine record. So I had those, but I didn't really have enough tunes that I felt like, do I put out an EP? But I had more songs than you would put out on an EP. Yeah. I wanted to put out something full length. <clears throat> and then Presonus, I had been working with Presonus Audio Electronics. And they were coming out with a lot of new material and a lot of new products that were interfaces where you would, they were coming out and recording me live. They would come out and test their products by recording my shows live. This is, because you mentioned, I already know, um, off yeah. camera, you mentioned that you were sponsored by them. Yeah. Is this before the sponsorship? No, this is during. As a result, during. Yeah, okay. during, you know. They were coming out and they were, they were like, okay, look, we can, you know, with, with a laptop and uh, linking together a few interfaces, you can have 24 channels of recording studio sure, wherever sure. you wanted. Yeah. And this is, you know, early 2000, 2004, five. Okay. Uh, you know, and so they came out and recorded my band shows on, they would come out and record a bunch of band shows. Mm -hmm. and we gathered a bunch of material. And so what I did was I pick and chose some of my favorite tracks that the band had played live. Yeah. That were a bunch of my songs <coughs> uh, that were out on previous records. Yeah. Of mine that were like, there's a studio version of some of, in that are on the records, but live the music takes on a whole new thing. And sure. The songs kind of expanded and grew and trimmed the fat on some of them, added fat on some of them. Yeah. And so that, in turn, with that thought of having these live performances and what the band sounded like, and then some of these studio tracks, that brought to life the Starshine record, mm -hmm. which was, I wanted to put out, then it made me, I was like dead set on like doing something that I was like, okay, I'm picking seven studio tracks that I really dig that we cut in the studio and did this. And then I got like six or seven, I don't remember how many, live tracks. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Starshine record is. Okay. The first seven tracks are studio tracks, and then it goes into a live show of Chris LeBlanc Band. Cool. And so it was like, it's kind of cool. It's like you're hearing these... It's just a lot of good ear candy, you know? Yeah. To like go from hearing these studio tracks and these new new things that we were putting out to my band actually playing these songs that people were, my fans that were familiar with, they hear these extended tracks of of some of these <clears> studio, <throat> these tunes. And man, it, the, the, that was the Starshine record. And that was my fourth release. I put that one out. And then when I put that one out, then all of a sudden it was like in the moment I was putting that record out and kind of being courted by uh, Bill Ham, who was like ZZ Top's longtime manager. Mm -hmm. And he loves all my music. He loves me. Cool. He's like, come out and play with us. So I went out and did ZZ Top. Nice. You know, I went out and played in front of 25,000 people before CC Top and Hank Williams Jr. And all this, like all of that, yeah. you know, in the moment, I'm like, you know, it was just kind of all these things happen like that, that you're like, wow, man, this is all, it's all, it's all cool. I don't think it ever stopped. I don't think my career's ever stopped like building. You know what I mean? I think that if it's. I, I like that part of it. I like sure. the part of like, I like that part of my life. I like, well, it's I think, like a camping trip, <laughs> you know, 
Where are you staying next? Okay, we'll find out. Yeah. You know? I, I think it's inevitable, though, because music is such an integral part of your life, whether you're performing it in front of people or just in the back. Yeah. And writing music, which is new, is such a part of your life that it, you're going to constantly turn over a new leaf, so to speak. Yeah. Because you're you're still doing this no matter what. It just happens to be in the eye of the public, so right. things come of it that yeah, you don't yeah. expect. It's a living thing. Yeah. It's, it's living, and it's like, <clears throat> I want it to, if it's not living, then it's dead, and I don't want my career dead. I want my career, whatever it is, Yeah. you know, whether you got management or you don't have management, or you got a record deal or you don't have a record deal, mm. or you... This guy's playing with you, or this he's not. Or you got this new guy playing with you that's a lot of fun. Or you got, you know, it's all of those things that, like, that I've always found interesting in bands that I love, music that I love. You know, I love, I, I love that part of the music industry, and, and everybody's... <clears throat> everybody that you dig in music, you know, there's only a few people that you go, okay, well, you know, they did, this was their, this was their recipe and they did it a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, ACDC. Yeah. Even with, you know, personnel changes, mm -hmm. they, they made ACDC records. Do you feel like, you know, um, cause you've always had covers in your lineup throughout the course of your yeah, music man. career. Do you feel like that has helped you along? It kind of, in my eyes anyway, it opens up the audience to, to hearing you out when yes. it comes to playing your originals. Do yes. you feel like throughout the course of your music career that has aided you in presenting Absolutely. your original music? Knowing, yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, everybody who's anybody played some cover music, man. Yeah. I mean, let's... The Beatles. Sure. Ray Charles. Government Mule. Yeah. I mean, Rolling Stones. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Beatles. The greatest rock and roll bands ever. Yeah. Were fucking cover bands. Yeah. Let's be real. You know? I mean, there's only like... People go, oh, man, I'm not going to play cover music. Well, it might be because you're not good enough to play cover music. You know what I was about to play, say. You, because playing cover music, you better be pretty fucking good. Yeah, I think that... You uh, know, it shows, like, watch this. When you go see a band, there's a lot of bands that you go see, and they're great playing their own music. Uh -huh. But how do you really fucking get the level of a band... When you see them cover a song that you thought was like fucking crazy. Like, I think, like we just, you just played me Green Gasoline. Sure. They're fucking cool, right? Yeah. The first thing I ever saw of this band is them covering Highway Star by yeah. Deep Purple. And I'm like, these motherfuckers are ridiculous. <laughs> They're bad fucking ass. Yeah. That's how you realize... These motherfuckers are great. Yeah. They just played Highway Star? You go play Highway Star, motherfucker. Good luck. Their ability. Their, their badass, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're like, fuck, dude. That's, that's tough. Yeah. That's how you realize you're like, man, that's, yeah. Yeah, they, they're badass. Yeah. That, to me, is like the fucking sign of greatness. When someone picks a tune and goes and destroys it. You know, I've seen Government Mule play some of the most badass coverage you've ever, ever. I've seen Black Crows in play, the, play the Led Zeppelin catalog with Jimmy Page. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's killer. It's like... Yes. So to me, yes, I play a lot of cover music because I'm fucking badass at it. Yeah. And I play, you know, I know the words to thousands of fucking killer songs. Do you feel are, like there's um, 
there's a time and a place to put your own spin on things and there's a time and a place to do it precisely as it was done before like what do you yeah. prefer what's yeah to i you? think it's really cool to like i think it's it's really important to like if you're going to play a cover song pick something that's worth playing mm-hmm. that's either going to one someone's going to go wow man that I forgot how much I love that song. Or, wow, hey, they did that. That's that's badass. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and then there's, but you also pick, you also pick cover songs that you can put your thumbprint on a little bit that are not outside of your wheelhouse. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna go play. Uh, Don't stop believing as a cover song. I'm not doing that. Everybody else is doing it. Mm-hmm. You can go see five bands on Bourbon Street every night of the week. Go do that. Yeah, okay. Have fun. Good luck. Yeah. I'm, that's not where I'm at. Yeah. Now, you know, if, if I'm going to play a cover song, it's going to be like a cool Rolling Stones song or a cool Beatles song or a cool song by the band. Or by an old blues, you know, if I take an old blues tune, you can take, that's the beauty of it, is like taking old, old blues tunes, a Lazy Lester. Lazy Lester was one of my friends, but he was also like super cool. Mm-hmm. Like his songs were cool. So like I can cover Lazy Lester tunes and his words are funny. Yeah. His words are, he's got cool words. And you know, that's how I kind of judge picking the tunes that I, I would dig to do, you know? I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, I, I, I keep a lot of uh, cover songs in my list because like people tell me, they're like, yeah, you, we'd rather hear you play them than the originals. Oh yeah? Yeah, no shit, yeah. because it's like, because they just, because my thumbprint is, they like my thumbprint. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> How do you say it? There right, it is. Yeah. You know, well, you said it. It's it. You know, it's like, that's and funny. it's kind of cool like that. I love that. That someone loves me enough that yeah. they dig, they dig that part of it. You know? well, I like, I like your, to your point, I like the idea of um, looking for the things that aren't covered. I think, uh, I don't know, man. We come from a generation where there was a B-side. And we kind of found the gems on the B-sides, you know. And I think um, when you go to play a cover of someone else's song, um, you're looking to show somebody else that gem, too. Like, you know, maybe maybe not so much remember this. Maybe did you even know this was here? And check it out, you know. Right, right. Like, I did it. Like, okay, my first record, all my own music. Mm Mm-hmm. Second record, talent show. There's one cover song on it. Yeah. That's a Beatles. That was like back then, there weren't many people that covered this song. And then later on, I heard Government Mule cover it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on my acoustic record, I pulled a bunch of cover tunes that, like, some of them you might recognize. Two of the cover songs on there, All but right. they're like songs that are like, wow, wherever the song existed in the world, I'm glad it's in my ear bone now. Right. You know? Yeah. And then same thing on, on, on my Starshine record. All of my own tunes, but I put one cover tune on it, and it's a Jimi Hendrix Spanish Castle Magic. Sure. And I did it in the studio, and it's, it's a dope version it is so killer yeah i still listen to it and go like yes <laughs> this is rock and rolled yeah. out you know it's like i love it you know i'm, I'm proud i'm really proud of all the records i made yeah only and that's the reason why i haven't put out one in a long time because you know people ask me you know why haven't you put out a, another record in a while and i'm like Go listen to my last records. Do you feel like you've kind of set the bar high for yourself? Oh, yeah, bro. Because yeah. I know yeah. you and I in the first 
when yeah. we first met the first episode, whatever, um, yeah. you talked about how um, you realized after dropping the first one, you're like, I have to meet or exceed this with the I second one. I have to one. follow it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah, that's, that's the reason why it's like, I was very much that way. And I mean, I, it's, it's not a race. It's just that, you know, I've got my own standards, man. Well, sure. Yeah. How, of how I want to kind of, what, what I want to put out, you know. And yeah. now, I'm, especially now, there's no race. There's no, there's no race to go put out something. Oh, I got to put this out because my, my fans are waiting on it. No. Yeah. Nobody's waiting on nothing. There's <laughs> billions of songs out there everybody can listen to. Too many, to. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of music that I love and listen to that I'm like, you know, I'm not waiting on somebody to put out something. No. If it comes along and I hear it and I love it, I'm like, yay, awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, and especially now, here we are talking about this day and, and, and our present how music is being presented and what's out there and of course everybody needs to know that there is no money to be made in in releasing records now there's no money right i mean when i say no i mean like none we'll be right back after these messages hey what's up everybody Normally, in the middle of podcasts, they give you a bunch of advertisements, but on the NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we like to shout out our members. Today, I'm going to do something a little different. I'd like to share with you an online publication that, at its core, is a grassroots effort to uplift our local music scene, and it deserves your attention. I'm talking about Mixed Alt Magazine. This online mag covers all genres of our local music scene with a bit of national mixed in there. On site, you'll find articles taking a personal look at musicians with Q&A style inclusions. There's also more to read on visual artists, recent movie reviews, and a whole lot more. Nicole Bryce and Keely Brooks own and edit the magazine, and both of them have been incredibly supportive of our efforts here at NewOrleansMusicians.com. Nicole is originally from Prairieville and now lives in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She got into the business side of music back in 2003 where she was the on-air talent and production director at 90.9 KSLU-FM. She was doing artist interviews for the station as well. And she's been writing professionally since 2018. Nicole is a big fan of indie music. She's had many friends in local bands and noticed how difficult it was for them to get exposure. She wanted to be able to provide them the coverage they sought, but in her own way. She wants to provide a platform for all musicians to feel seen and heard. She wants to be able to tell their story in a unique way with no hidden agenda. Mixed Alt Magazine prides themselves on no politics, no religion, and no rules. They want to put the focus on those who create in hopes that they continue to create. Now you can find her on NewOrleansMusicians.com in our vendor section, as well as Facebook and Instagram. She could be reached directly at the underscore Nicole Bryce at mixedaltmag.com. And once again, the site is mixedaltmag.com. And now back to our show. I mean, when you're Peter Frampton and you have bajillions of listens to a song and you're still making nothing, or you're you're Pharrell Williams and you have five billion however many streams on a song and you're not making any money on it there's no money to be made but it still costs money to make records if you go into a studio and you're taking up somebody else's time i'm paying for somebody else's time yeah and so it costs me money to go make a record where i want to go make it and how i want to go make it so now i'm like I'm sitting on a bunch of music that I've recorded over the years, uh-huh. over the last probably two years, through COVID, and even just until recently. Um, I'm sitting on over a dozen songs that I've recorded and cut and have not released yet. And I'm going to release those individually. I'm not going to put out a full-length record because nobody cares about a full-length record anymore. It doesn't matter. 
I've already got full length records. I want to put out, I want to stretch it out and someone go, oh, I like that song. And then three months later, put out another song and go, oh, wow, I like that one too. And then three months later, put out another song. Sure. You know, because then I can keep giving music and it stays fresh for a moment. And then, and only then, I might, after the third or fourth one, someone go, wow, I can't wait to hear the next Crystal Ball song. Probably not, but <laughs> yeah, that's up, you know, and um, and that's kind of where it is. It's like this whole, you know, what we were talking about previously off camera or off recording is that, you know, there are millions upon millions upon millions of songs available on streaming music right at your fingertips. So when you have everything at your fingertips, why does it feel like you have everything and nothing at the same time? Yeah, there's no effort involved. There's no, it's, it's mindless. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like, that's where we're at. Like during COVID, ACDC puts out a whole new record and, but they can't go tour on it. Right. That was like a bad move. <laughs> the world is stopped. Yeah. Don't go release a record. Well, I'll tell you why. You want to yeah. know why? Because I fucking love ACDC and still have not listened to one song on the fucking record. Yeah. Because, okay, I'll get to it whenever. Because you got everything and you got nothing at the same fucking time. You got it all at once. And, and kind of uh, to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, that there's no money in... Uh, putting out an album because the artist uh, and really traditionally it's been the same way uh, before streaming and all of that shit yeah um their money was in performing yeah and that's how they got their money the album sales a lot of times the record companies were eating that up anyway yeah um so well, it's not as if it's not as if that part of the landscape has changed um but to be specific to your situation throughout the course of your life um, you've always looked for what was missing. Like when you started, yeah. Yeah, I was like, why? You didn't start playing bass? And you're like, well, no, they didn't have any brass. And the brass was missing, so I wanted to play a little brass. Yeah, you know? that's right. And um, you knew that uh, if you were going to front your own band later on in life, that um, <laughs> you were going to have to find a guitarist. But it was going to be your band, so you wanted to front the band. And guitar was missing kind of from your repertoire. Yeah, so you decided to... Yeah. to get up on, get your chops up on guitar. So I feel like yeah. now it's not a relevant question. When's your next album going to be released? At least for you, because yeah. I, I feel like you let dictate what's missing. Yeah. And you kind of fulfill that need when you see yeah. it's missing. So I think you it kind of fits it. here, man. <laughs> you yeah. see it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yes. I think... Um, yes, that's it, dude. It, 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 and at this... Yeah. point in your life as well i don't feel yeah. like it has to make business sense because i don't no. i don't feel like you're nose to the grindstone right now like you're not no. pressed not i'm not you just told me as a matter of fact let's yeah. say it for the camera you just told me before we started filming the past 10 weeks in a row yeah. please lay that out just for a second just tell me what you told me so yeah, that yeah. they can hear it so too. like so truly like like for the last 10 weeks in a row i have gone out I booked myself out. This is like through April, May, and the first half here in June. I booked myself out four and sometimes six shows in a week. Mm -hmm. I'll go hit a few acoustic shows here, go hit a couple of band shows on the weekend, or hit a couple of acoustic shows, <clears throat> hit two shows in one day somewhere, and then go hit another show the next day. So I'm doing four to six shows in a week for like 10 weeks straight. Wow. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. We could go back and look in my book and I would show you it would be, yeah. In two months, I've probably done, two and a half months, I'll probably have done 50 fucking gigs. But going out and playing because I'm going playing for people I'm going, try to make a little money, and pay my taxes like the rest of Americans do, 
but go out and bring go out and play music and bring the medicine to people bro yeah because music is medicine sure music is medicine brother like it's my medicine but i know my medicine other people love my medicine mm -hmm. they they will be at my gig tonight they will they will have <coughs> checked and found out where i'm playing and come and dig it and i'll play some of my tunes i'll play some of other tunes i'll catch up with people they want to it's just it's like an age-old thing it's 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 the <laughs> song and dance kid yeah you know the court jester sure you know i mean let's be real it's like each day goes by man and, and i know that i know that in my life this has been an incredible journey um but each day goes by i know it's closer to the end sure and that's the ending is imminent for all of this i love playing music and but there is an ending and i in the end i don't want to stand around and go you know i wish i'd have played more shows right I'm going to look back and go, I played more shows than any motherfucker <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. You see, because like, that's where I'm at. I know that it's like what I, what I want to be. It's like that is the, it's like a life of service almost to like go out and, and play music at this level because it is very selfless it is very I, for I all the reasons that we just cited yeah right, absolutely. i want to stay home tonight and have drinks and eat steak right i'm gonna go out and play a game yeah see what i'm saying sure so it's like uh because i love it dude i love this life i love the music i love people man i really do i love so I, this this really characterizes it's funny because I was going to say your comfort zone when you said, you know, I'd rather be doing this, but I'm going to do this tonight. But uh, honestly, like you, like you like to say, you're in your warehouse when you're doing these gigs, yeah. playing these gigs. What is you? What is you stepping outside of your comfort zone? Is that is that you pushing you to release the next album, or is um, what is that for you? Stepping out of my comfort zone would be within within the interest of you of, know um, music. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest parts of stepping out of my comfort zone is to release a lot of the detail and to go play with other people. To go play, to go, if I were to go and play, you know, sometimes I'll do it. I'll go out and go, I don't do a lot of gigs outside of my own gigs, but if I do, I got friends of mine who, you know, uh, okay. So Chris, you're just talking about sitting, sitting in with somebody else's band? Well, going basically. out and playing in another, <clears throat> going out, yeah, going out and playing. But not so much sitting in, but like, I'll say this. Um, like Chris Roberts, who plays bass in my band normally, he and Eric Peters, they have a band called South Down Souls. Mm -hmm. That's a cool band. They're they're cool their music is good their record is really good and and so it's the three of them it's uh chris and eric and a drummer and i know their record i know a bunch of tunes and i will go and sometimes just appear as their second guitar player guy uh -huh. which is kind of cool because people are like Wow, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm I'm in someone else's space right now, and that's getting out of my zone. That's kind of giving up, giving up all the power to go sing every song, mm -hmm. to go play, choose the tunes, to go everything, and be the center of this view in the moment of music. Yeah, I'm just the guitar player, right? And sing some backgrounds, 
once in a while. That's letting kind of somebody an, else drive. Did, yeah, letting someone yeah. else drive, and I'm just a passenger for a little while. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and um, that's kind of cool, you know, because I hadn't done that in a long time. You know, mm-hmm. I did it years ago, but I've always been the dude in the last 25 years, 30 years, from the time I started my band 30 years ago. It's me. It's yeah. everything. I make the everything. Book the shows, pick the songs, sing the songs, play the songs, call the songs. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Get in the truck and let's fucking go. That's where we're going. And 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 so, I think, uh, I think what your to answer your question a little clearer would be me giving up control and power in a musical setting is kind of stepping out of yeah because i'm comfortable with i'm comfortable like under the microscope under the gun ready to perform boom you know like um you know same thing like going into the studio working in the studio you put me under the gun and i perform that's it when i go to go cut when i go into a session everybody's yeah when i go cut in a session i'm not afraid to say it when i go cut in a session when when i leave the session everybody's fucking happy because i bring it bro when it comes to a session i bring it yeah and and i mean whether it's playing guitar or going sing on something or someone wants me to go do a reading you know i'll go do voiceover work my buddy's got a uh ad agency that I'll go and do voiceover work that a lot of people don't know that I've done voiceover work and all kind of different stuff mm-hmm. you know and yeah I bring it <laughs> your days your days of being in school band I think really instilled that oh in yeah you, the discipline yes you know it's funny um because I mean as a parent I've seen this mm-hmm. it's like the last thing a kid wants is structure and discipline, but it's the it's yeah. they need it the most. The best. You it's know? the best. It's the last thing I thought I needed, and it's the first thing I needed. Yeah. Because when I mean, you're a kid, you're stuck know? with you now all oh, these years because yes. you understand when it's time to. Oh, it's such a time mean, to, like you say, drill, drill, drill. You right. Know what I mean? So <laughs> where are you where are you planning on going from here? I mean, you're you're comfortable right now. You're you're um, yeah. I would say coasting, so to speak, because you really work. You're putting in a lot of time. Yeah. But um, you're in your comfort zone. I feel. You know? I know. So when's when's the next time you think? Yeah. I know, not I know. not so much sitting in somebody else's band's comfort zone, but you know when when's the next time? Because honestly, yeah. releasing this work that you've been sitting on is going to be kind of out of your comfort zone that, because yeah. you're going to have to relinquish some sort of control to to kind of direct the way that you distribute it. That's right. It's That's a right. different world now. I believe that. I believe, I mean, yeah, you, you're so, I'm so glad that we become friends and that you like, you really, you you see a lot of where I'm at, man. Sure. You, you know, it's, thank you. Thank you, bro. You're welcome. I made it because it's like, not everybody knows like what it really takes yeah. to get to where a person what what it takes to get here it's it's yeah. unbelievable yeah no, no it's like it's unbelievable like what it what it took and and just to like maintain and and yeah like you know personally in my life like you know, like like you're saying I'm not, I'm uh, I'm at this place man where like the comfort zone actually like I am in a bit of a comfort zone like I went through what's been comfortable for me for years is to go and perform to go and play. Uh, I've been through a lot, man. I was in a, a long-time relationship. I was married for almost 25 years. I was with that person for almost 28 years. I get divorced. Um, uh, after that, I mean, it was just a, a blow to me. It was, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it was a, it was a blow. Sure. It was really, really tough. Um, and without going into detail just saying that a divorce is 
and, and your family breaking apart and all this stuff is like a rejection that no one wants to feel and no one wants and it's changed me in a lot of ways it's put me in it, it put me in a survival mode so these last two years have really um, thrown me into survival mode mm-hmm. which is kind of a comfort zone I'm like okay now all I got to do is concentrate on work drill 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 and I like that I like that um, through that loss makes you I think through the loss it, it really made me realize a lot of the person that I am I can I can only imagine with enough humility in, in what I'm saying that I might have not have been the easiest person to be married to only because of the level of work and what I had to go do to go make a living but everybody's got to make a living somehow. Sure. And yeah. however you go do it and however long it takes you to go do it and what you got to go do to make a living, as you know so well, um, there's price. And when you have mouths to feed and kids, and that's you go pay the price. Yeah, that's what the sacrifice that's is. That's what the sacrifice is, brother. Yeah. And that's what a man does. And that's what I did. Let me ask you, because the, the two dates kind of coincide, at least from what I'm hearing. Um, you were writing material after your divorce. Yeah. So this material, does it have a different mood than what you yeah, published before? Bro. Yeah, it really is. Some of these, some of these things have a, have a uh, uh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And even some of the brand new stuff that I've been, the words that I've been writing uh-huh. are, are uh, yeah, it's just in that place where, I mean, you can't help what's coming out of your brains. And oftentimes, like, my process of writing is different maybe than a lot of other people's where I'm always, I'm always on writing words, lines, I keep notes in my phone and I'll go back and I remember this note so I'll go back and add on to that piece because it'll fit you know you're plugging holes Um, and then I'll apply music Um, so yeah bruh a lot of the new a lot of recent words and material that I've written um, reflects a lot of this thing and some of its blues it's 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 like a roots kind of blues. Some of it's some of it's love, you know, a lot of it's love and then a lot of it's lost and, and then a lot of it's mad, a lot of it's fun, yeah. whatever, you know, it's kind of whatever. Um I've always felt like that was a necessary element. It's unfortunate, but I always yeah. felt like suffering was a necessary element to kind of conjure up some of the greatest creative works that we've ever seen. I believe. I, I believe. mean, it's a, it's a shame, but the cage well, bird stings, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Suffering <clears throat> suffering and and loss and sadness is always a uh I mean it's one of the heaviest things we can think of and so uh, a lot, it, it's just fuel for that. You sure. Know? It's fuel um, for it. So so you're sitting on an album's worth and I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to frame up like what's going to happen next because in your mind it's just going to come out at your leisure. Um, yeah. If you had to tell anybody what to expect or when or yeah. anything, do, could you put them in that? Yeah, I could. I would that say that neighborhood. Um, yeah, some of it, some of the tunes that I've cut uh, are again are a couple of a few of them are some cover tunes that are would be like. Uh, one of them is an old Otis Redden tune mm-hmm. that I did that was really cool that um, that I play in my list. That's I would say that it's like a retro uh, a retro soul sound maybe. Uh, if you can go back, it's mature sounding. It's it's like a uh, well I'm I'm older now and and so. It is mature sounding, and it sounds, to me, more, um, I think it carries, it's just, I think it's deeper. 
I think it's deeper a little bit than a lot of the other shit that I've thought about. You know, uh, some of it's blues vibe. It's bluesy and retro soul and honest. I, I really wanted it to be honest. I feel like I feel like I'm getting older, so uh, this it's kind of reflective. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's got to mean. It's got to mean more than just. It sounds know. like it's it's um, yeah fathoms more deep than your your uh, previously. Yeah, and I think you didn't let yourself off the hook for that easy one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like you know what you're gonna pay for it. Now. Yeah, you're yeah, do this exactly. Deep one, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now it's like, you know, now it might mean more now than ever. It you could know? be. Yeah, you, you know? never know. And it's like that's kind of why I'm just kind of like uh, been been just kind of you know, like you say I, I hate to say cruise control because that, that you're still burning gas yeah <laughs> I, you know but, I, I wanted to make sure i might yeah. not have worded that well but no, i, I didn't true. want to discount oh, I what you're it. doing because oh, yeah, obviously yeah. you've got your nose to the grindstone you're meeting yeah. and exceeding all of these but these cruise, performance states yeah. but um there have been some other elements in the past that you that you had to work towards yeah. that are missing now. And I wondered how it kind of, yeah. you know, it, I, it sounds like it puts you more in a comfortable area, yeah. you know. And you like, had made it a point to me last yeah. episode to mention that you felt like that was a necessary element. Stepping outside of your comfort zone yeah. was a necessary element to be, be a well-rounded musician. Yeah, I believe so, man. Yeah. And that's kind of why I'm like, that's why I really am, am, am like, that's kind of that's where I want to go with it. Like I, I, I want to continue. I, I know in order for me to continue to like on my path of going play music, I always like to grow. I'm always like I'm always writing words, trying to create a new song, create or it, it, or not even just that, but even like hearing. Hearing a cover song that I go like, wow, man, uh, I want to learn this song. Mm -hmm. And so learning the words and, and, and f what is my thumbprint going to be on that? Or like I hear, I, I have a, I'm, I'm about to go back into the studio here in a little minute. And, um, and there's a few, I have a few friends of mine who have written some cool songs that there, I want to go cut. I want to go cut cool. their tunes because, yeah, that's what a lot. I mean, if you're trying to put out a bunch of music, it's what Ray Charles did, or what even the Stones. You know, they picked up these blues. They picked up some different kind of tunes. Yeah. One of their last records they put out was their blues record that was like so killer a few years ago, where they just put their thumbprint on these blues tunes, and it was like wow. Um, I know that wherever I'm going with the music, um, that it's going to be roots oriented. It's going to be real. I want it to be easy on the ears for people, man. I want it. To, I want people to hear it and go, "Wow, man!" That that in a world of there being a bunch of shit music out there, I want people to listen to this and go, "Wow, it's it's chordal." It's musical. Mm -hmm. It's got a message. Mm -hmm. It's got. It's got. It's hard to stand back from your own material and look at it and ask, "Does it have the it factor? Does it have it?" Yeah, I find that impossible. Yeah, I'm my so, own worst critic, so I might uh, as well just be dogging myself. Right. I can't. Yeah, I'm too involved to yeah. be unbiased. I have to be. Yeah, I have to be in a room. You know, that's what I've been doing. I've been going to one of my friends' place and going cutting with him and 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 i have to ask him i'm like dude is this where are you at where where what does this make you feel like yeah you know because i know what it makes me feel like but i i want to know i want to know, you know these gigs that you're going to perform at do you ever use the crowd then and there as a litmus to, oh yeah 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 i'll play some tunes on does them, it help you has it been I helping so. you yeah yeah i think so a lot of times you know like to, to read them, I'm saying, though, to get yeah. their reaction and say, okay, whether or not it has the it factor, maybe I can read the crowd and see how they feel about it. Yeah. 
You know, a lot of times, man, people are, a lot of times people, the crowd gets it. A lot of times it just passes them by yeah. as, as something else. So it, it, I think it takes a few times, like, to send someone a song and go, man, please listen to this. Please really put an ear on it. Mm-hmm. Tell me exactly what the fuck you think about it. I don't, I don't, don't be afraid to hurt my feelings. Because I've heard it, I've yeah. heard this song a thousand more times than you'll ever listen to it. Mm-hmm. You see, as an artist and people, that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's like, when we're going, when you're creating music and you're trying to, you're, you're massaging it to, to bring it to this its best life, mm-hmm. you have heard it a thousand more fucking times than anyone will ever listen to it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, you really, over and over and over and over and over again, it, it becomes... I've kind of got to a place in my life where I kind of, that part of recording, it bums me out a little bit. Cause yeah, the repetition I, is going to make you kind time, of indifferent. Yeah, by the know? time I'm done with it, I feel like I'm kind of done with it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know the feeling, trust me. <laughs> and it's yeah. still for everybody else to go and listen to it and it be fresh on them. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like. I know the feeling. You know. Yeah. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. So it's like, yeah. You know, it's, but I, I truly believe though that the, I would say this that I I really hope that the world and and that the people who dig music and the people who pay attention that the world and the people out there have not heard the best of me yet, which is I really hope so. Yeah, because that, that's a good goal. You know what I mean? I really. It's a good I'm, general direction. It is. I yeah. want. I will always want to give give a little fresh breath of air to somebody when sure. it comes to music. You know, you know, when it comes to live performance too, I feel like again there was. I always want to go out and thinking that there's no us and them. There's only we. Sure. That that I don't talk at an audience. I kind of connect within an audience. I want to bring people in so that they're on my team. Sure. You know, involved. Yeah, keep them kind of digging and listening and 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 to me I think that's important because then they also belong to it too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean we all want to belong to something. Sure. You know, and yeah. so it's like um yeah. Tell people where they can find you online, at least, so that they yeah. can they can trail so, you to okay. your next performances. So, um, so on Facebook, there is the Chris LeBlanc Band. Um, you can like that on Facebook, and then on Instagram, there's Chris LeBlanc Band on Instagram, and then right now I'm rebuilding my website and it's almost done oh good which will be chrisleblancband.com okay also the chrisleblancband.com we have that domain as well good so if you put in the chrisleblancband.com or chrisleblancband.com there's that you will be able to go find all things and that'll uh, my website will uh, all streaming places, it'll take you uh, show dates, uh, YouTube channel. Good, good. Um, yeah. All, all these things we've been working on. Right now, I'm just really, uh, we're trying to connect all the dots. It's and, a lot. And it's there's scattered. a lot of dots. Yeah, yeah you know. Sure. But I think that um, once your website is up, that'll definitely be a valuable resource because it sounds yeah. like, and I don't know, but it sounds yeah. like you might be releasing some music yeah, yeah. fairly soon. Exactly, so. exactly. That's why we're going to, all of this is going to all kind of coincide. Sure. I would imagine here within a month, within a month, uh, my website will be up and you'll be able to uh, get connected. Then there'll be some links to merchandise. We're going to try some new things with merchandise, you know, because through the years I've sold shirts and 
shirts and CDs and blah blah blah. We want to we want to do something uh, with an online store mm -hmm. that you can go on and choose the shirt you want, choose the logo you want, mm -hmm. and then it goes to my guy. They print it up and his the store mails it directly to. Cool. So you know that'd yeah. be kind of cool to. I think for people to be able to choose what they want. Yeah. You know, it's all about choices now, so. Yeah. You know. Cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Dave. Appreciate thank you, so, you much. so much, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. All right. Check it out. We all pretty much start off like jam bands. We get together, we push our souls out through the speakers. We look around the stage and read off of one another. And, you know, after so much time, we know where the next person is going. Aside from those connections, we build connections with the fans, and that means the world to us. That's why listeners like yourself are so important to us. We'd love to have you back, so hit the button and follow the show. You can also support this show by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash New Orleans Music. That's buymeacoffee.com slash New Orleans Music. And remember, you can find music videos, albums, articles, and interviews with bands like my own, Pocket Chocolate, on neworleansmusicians.com. Thanks for listening. 